Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. I, I felt led to, uh, while Jacob was sharing, and some of you have heard this before, but I, I just felt led. This is an impromptu. Sometimes impromptus get you in trouble, right? Amen. But um, I remember I, I have been giving since 1976. The day I got saved, my life radically, 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 radically changed. Anybody else in the house like that? Amen. Anybody's life radically changed? Amen. I know Okay, some of you are brought up in a good home, so there was no radical conversion. So I was taught about giving immediately by the family that took me in their home as a 20-year-old long-haired hippie. So I gave right away. And there was a time I was between churches. I was actually in a church for six months as a youth, as a youth pastor, and they fired me. Yes, they fired me. But before they fired me, they paid me so little I couldn't tithe, as he just said a while ago. And because I was evangelistic, evangelistic, they had a hard problem with that. I won't tell you what kind of church, I won't tell you what kind of denomination, but it was a six, seven month stint. And my wife and I talked to each other and we said, we really want to give. Now, you who love God understand that. You want to give. It is a part of your life. You are appreciative of what he's done. We wanted to give, and we couldn't, or we thought we couldn't. Well, guess what? They fired me and gave me eight, $9,000 to leave quickly, and we began to tithe. <laughs> Praise God for the firing, and I got a job pretty quickly right after that. But that is a true story. We wanted to tithe. We couldn't, got fired, and actually when I got fired, I, start, I started tithing. So don't wait. Don't wait till you say, well, when I win the lotto, then I'll give to God. Decide ahead of time that's what you're going to do, and God will honor that kind of faith. Remember, remember, remember. Without what? Faith, it is what? Impossible. God said it. I didn't say it. Impossible. Impossible. So it can become possible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, the title of this morning's message is The Prince of Peace. Let's go to Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 and read that verse. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Let me zero in again on the key verse 9 Six, as we celebrate this holiday season. For a child is born to us. Remember John chapter 1, verse 1? For unto us a child is born. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then what does it tell us in verse 14? 
And the Word became flesh. God became flesh. The greatest story ever told. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he would be called. There's a lot of things Jesus is called. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. You know, I, I wanted to talk about a lot about Jesus at this time of the year, but I thought, what a better title, Prince of Peace, to talk about at this time of the year. Boy, we have a lot of peace in this country, don't we? <laughs> and we're trying to put our confidence in an individual to actually bring us that peace. How's that going? Or at two individuals, it doesn't matter which one you choose, the country is divided more than ever this country needs a king that can usher in peace. Well, Israel was living in such a time as that. They were under the, the Romans, and they didn't have their own territory, their own turf, their own country, and they were looking for this prophecy to be fulfilled. And Jesus was promised that he would come to Bethlehem in the form of a baby. So let's examine this beautiful title, Prince of Peace, and learn what the Holy Spirit has to say to us from this combination of words. Let's observe the title, Prince of Peace, and what that represents. So there's three things I'm thinking about. He is the author. Jesus is the author of peace. He is the arbitrator of peace, and he is the authenticator of of peace. He is, you know, you've read many authors and, and sometimes you actually meet the author of a book. Well, he is the author of peace. There are 15 different Hebrew words that are translated prince and usually means ruler. But when it's translated into the Greek, it adds further thought of author and pioneer. So Jesus came into the world that he might bring peace, give peace. And preach peace. So as the author of peace, I'm thinking about Jesus brought peace when he came to this earth. He taught peace when he walked the face of this earth. And then he bought peace for you and me through his death. Let's look at that a little closer. The author of peace brought peace at his birth. An angel brought good news to those shepherds who were out into the field, and the angel is about to announce something, and then he was joined with another crowd of angels, and they began to sing this in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And God told us in Galatians 4, 4, that when the fullness of time had come, we would have loved to see it happen in our day and age. Just think through airplanes and through telephones and through travel and, and through media and social media. Just think how the gospel could have spread so easily and so quickly. But yet the scripture teaches us in Galatians, when the fullness of time came, God's plan, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son to bring peace. Now, I don't know if you know it, but in all your translations, the Bible says Jesus came in that verse to bring peace to those God is pleased with. 
It is wrong theology to think that Jesus came to bring peace to the whole earth. Remember, Jesus said, I actually came to bring a sword. So when you read Luke 2, for, for, uh, Luke, I believe it's Luke 2, 14, it says that Jesus came to bring peace, and then he came to bring peace to those that he is pleased with, which reminds me his peace is targeted to those who he is pleased with. Remember the scripture says, God is ready to bless those hearts that are completely his. Do you believe that? God wants to bless you if your heart is his. Remember, peace begins with one man, Jesus. And God is pleased with those who love his son. John 14, 23. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. Hmm. If you love God, you'll obey him. And then in John 14, 23, he continues, My Father will love them, and he will come and make our home with each of them. So Jesus came, and he brought peace when he was born. But during his lifetime, he taught peace in his lifetime. John 16, 33 reminds us of this. Of all the things that Jesus taught, he reminds us if you listen to the things that he has taught you and me, here's what he said in John 16, 33. I've told you all the things in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, all the epistles. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, though, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. So remember to rightly divide the word of truth. I have told you these things that you might have peace in me. But in this world, you will have many trials and sorrows. There have been many leaders who have taught on peace and tried to usher in peace. But Jesus is the only one that can deliver that kind of peace that he taught on. Well, exactly what kind of peace did he bring? He explains in John 14, 27, the kind of peace, at least right now, what he's talking about. Remember, the Jews wanted him to come back because in Isaiah chapter 9, he said he's going to come back as the king of peace. He talked about his birth, he talked about running the government, and he talked about the end times where he would rule. But what is missing is Isaiah 53, where he would come as a suffering servant. So you see, they, they didn't talk about that. They didn't think about that. They didn't dwell on that. They didn't read on that. They didn't preach on that. It reminds me of a lot of believers that go to God's word. They overlook some of the things that are very, very important, and they latch onto the things that, that just want to please themselves with. But he, here's the kind of peace he came to bring for now, for right now. He said to the apostles when he was leaving in John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift. Hmm. We all know about gifts this time of the year. We love to receive gifts. You love to give gifts. Jesus said, guess what? I'm leaving you with a gift. How many of you have this right now? Peace of mind? Oh, my goodness. Peace of heart. Have we ever been challenged in 2020 to have peace of mind? I'd have to admit that peace has been 
disrupted in 2020. I actually had to turn off the news because it was robbing me of my peace. How many can relate to that? I watched 95% news because, and turned off the radio and then listened to my wife for a change. <laughs> we had great times during COVID. I'm over COVID. I don't know about you, but I'm over COVID. <laughs> So Jesus said, so I had to go back again in the name of, even in fact, when I was praying a while ago, in the name of Jesus, Father, and literally, this is not, this is what we're supposed to do. Who's the robber of peace? Satan. So in the name of Jesus, Father, I'm asking you, keep the robber of peace away from me now. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, keep the robber of of peace of mind and heart away from me, out of my house, out of my life, out of this church. In the name of Jesus, I ask, and he has to leave because the Bible says resist the enemy and he has to flee. So if you don't have that peace, just start walking around in your house. Take a, take a, a clue from the, uh, the prayer room. Remember the prayer room? The, she just walked around and Marcel said, Satan, get out of here. You have no authority in this place anymore. Jesus rules this place. Jesus rules this heart and he rules my mind. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and heart. He said, and the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So quit looking for, from, your, from your presidents or administrations, or someone else, they can't give it to you. Only God can give it to you. So he said, don't be troubled and be afraid. Remember, every time someone came to Jesus, noticed again and again, those that came to him, he said, go in peace. Be not afraid. So let me tell you a brief story from the Bible that will recall, that will help you recall at least the kind of peace that he wants to give you and me. Are you troubled about anything right now? Is something bothering you in your mind and your heart? Perhaps your business is not succeeding as well. Your health is not succeeding as well as this lady's health was not doing very good at this time. In Mark 5, you won't have it on the screen, but let me read it to you. You'll recall the stories Jesus was walking and teaching and doing mighty things. and So Jesus was walking and people followed him. Crowding around him, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Do you have an ailment that's been bothering you, robbing you of your peace, robbing you of your sanity, robbing you of your joy? It was robbing this woman of her peace. She suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. Many of you can relate to that. Many of you listening online can relate with that. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, the scripture says, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of a terrible condition. Jesus realized that once some power, some healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around 
in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? (laughs) And the apostles, they're saying, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Of course, we know that Jesus knew. John's just recording it in this manner. The frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told them what she had done. And here's what Jesus did. And here's what Jesus, I believe, will do for you and me. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Do you hear Jesus speaking to you this morning? Personally, it's, it's something how I can speak to a crowd, but individually, God will speak to you. In fact, some of you will report later through an email or through a text or tell me at the back door, were you in my living room? How did you know what I was thinking? How did you know what we were fighting about? How did you know what was on my mind? I don't. But God the Holy Spirit does. And perhaps he's speaking to you right now. You're troubled. He's saying, come to me and I will give you the gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. Rest in me. It doesn't mean all your troubles will be over. He told us just earlier in the passage that in this world, You will have trouble and you will have sorrow. The apostle Paul came to Jesus and he said, I have a weakness. He said it. I have a weakness. In fact, the scripture tells us three times he approached Jesus about his physical weakness. He had faith in God. He lived for God. He spoke about God. He wrote about God. And what was God's answer to him? My strength will be made known through your weakness. Perhaps even through an illness or some physical deformity. And we can name many on our list that God has used in a mighty way. I think about the lady on the radio all the time, Johnny Erickson, who had an accident. That is just a young girl, diving accident. And God has used her all over the world. Just a person, a, an example of how God will use you and me even in our weaknesses. And so when Jesus came, he came and brought peace with him because he is not like Hitler who brought what? Or not not like Stalin or Lenin or Mayo. What did they bring with them? Nothing but trouble. I hope when you go into your home, you bring peace when you come home from work. Dad, mom, when you come home from work. Or when your husband walks in the door, that you have a word of peace. God wants you to be a woman and a man of peace and come to him and he will give you rest. But something else that the author of peace did, and that is that he bought peace for everyone that is willing to believe in him. He bought peace. So he brought peace, he taught peace, and he bought peace. Colossians 2 or 1.20 kind of sums it up in a verse or two exactly what he did. 
and through him, that's Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. That means he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. Through who? By means of Christ, the Messiah's blood on the cross. He's saying he made peace through the blood of the cross. That is to say, he paid the price for a man's reconciliation. Now, that is a word that we don't use a lot. So he paid the price for a man, or he paid the price to restore our relationship with God, the kind of relationship that Adam and Eve had with God. He wanted to restore that relationship. So through the blood and only the blood of Jesus Christ can you be forgiven of sin and the lack of peace between you and the Father is now restored. That is the vial of blood that you need, not the vaccine for COVID. Uh oh, I'm sorry. I, that wasn't in my notes. It was, it was in the, my subconscious mind and it went forward to my conscience and no, it, it, I, I will stop there while I'm ahead. That is the only vial of blood that you can take. There's the only vial of blood that you can take that will eradicate the disease of sin and be made right with God. How's that? How's that a cure for COVID? Amen. Sometimes those Freudian slips can turn out all right. He is the author of peace. And he is the arbitrator of peace. In Isaiah 9, 6, remember the Bible tells us, and, and the Hebrew people were looking for this, for him to come back as the king of kings and, and run the government of this planet. It says the government will rest on his shoulders. Another fancy word for arbitrator, of course, is he is the mediator between you and God I know how many people have an arbitrator and sometimes they are very poor trying to mediate a, a disagreement between one country and another, between a man and a woman, between a spouse, and they do a very, very poor job. Jesus is the mediator between you and God, between me and God. He helped negotiate between two feuding parties. So when I think of him being the arbitrator of, of peace, I think about the personal life of a Christian and the life of a believer in the church. Colossians 3.15 reminds us again what he did for us through his blood. And let the peace that comes from not a president, but let the peace that comes from Christ. Remember, when you... Read the word Christ. I always do this regularly to remind myself of this because it doesn't really kind of have the same punch it does in the, in the Hebrew. Always think about Christ and remember the word what? Messiah. Remember the Jewish people were expecting the Messiah. The world was expecting the Messiah. It's not his last name. So, and let the peace that comes from the Messiah rule in your hearts. Let me ask you a question this morning. In the midst of all that we've been through in 2020, does the peace of God rule your heart? 
And let me say to those looking in online, unless Jesus Christ has covered you with his blood, unless you've taken the vaccine of the blood of Jesus Christ, there will be no peace. You can look, at, look for it from dawn till dusk and you will not find it. So, so let the peace that comes from the Messiah rule your heart. Now, many of us had to work through it. It wasn't easy. There were some things that God told you to do, and that is quit listening to the media, quit listening to the news, quit listening to the so-called experts, and listen to me. And ever since I listened to God, God has blessed VLC. Amen? Wow. You know, VLC could have taken a nosedive like a lot of churches, but we decided on Mother's Day to go to God and say, God, what do you want us to do? I didn't put my finger in the wind, and I'm not, I'm not asking for praise, honestly. Listen, I was in turmoil. My mind was in turmoil. I could just picture the Gestapo coming to the front of the church, and then the media coming in with their cameras, and then the, the people that were not elected to office to come in here and fine us because we didn't wear masks and we weren't social distancing. By the way, someone ratted on us last week. They called 311 went to the chief of police and said, They're outside. They, they, they were outside watching the baptisms. And they went to the chief of police and said, they, they aren't practicing anything that you've taught them. They're, they're not social distancing. They're, they're two together. And they sent a police officer out that afternoon after everybody was gone. And the police officer said, I see nothing. I know nothing. And, and praise God, the police department... We love the Plantation Police Department. I just report what I see. We always come later when uh, they report to us. We'll come a, a little later or a day later. <laughs> Praise God. for. Let's pray for the Plantation Police. They're our friends. If you don't have that personal peace, though, then all that you hear in the media will drive you bonkles. It will rob you of your health. It will take peace from your home and from your family. So God is saying to you, Jesus is saying to you, I came as a prince of peace to bring peace to your mind and heart. Now, it took some work for me. It may have taken some work for you. But if you put the things into action that he told you to put into action, you will be able to enjoy the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now remember, if you do not have the Holy Spirit, he cannot produce that peace in you. That's why you need to have Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can't produce something that you don't have. So let me ask you again, who rules your heart? Boys and girls, I don't know if there's a few boys and girls, young teenagers in here. When you don't let mom and dad rule in your home, how's it going? There's no peace in the home, is there? When we don't let Christ rule in our hearts and in our marriages, how's it going? There's no peace. When we don't let the Prince of Peace rule our churches, the churches suffer. Remember, Jesus said, even in the midst of trouble, Jesus taught us that we can have peace. I love the stories of the apostles on the boat, and Jesus is laying down in the midst of a storm. What would you and me be doing? We would be frightened out of our wits, and there he is sleeping in the boat, 
And these apostles were fishermen. They were brave, brave fishermen, and they were frightened, and they thought they were going to die. Jesus said to you and me, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be not afraid. Say that to yourself over and over again. I wish I would have known that as a little, little kid, seven, eight years old in Detroit, Michigan, where we had back alleys. And remember in the cold, your mom or dad would say, go take out the garbage. And you had to take out the garbage that seemed a mile away where the garage was. And then there was a back alley where the cats and the dogs and the rats were. And you were scared to death. I wish I would have known that passage. Jesus is with me. Be not afraid. I don't know what you're going through this morning. But let this truth permeate your mind and your heart. I give you a gift. The gift of peace of mind and peace of heart. Well, he's the author of peace and he is the arbitrator of peace, but he's the one that authenticates real peace. In Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, he reminds us of that when he said, his name will be called Prince of Peace. Of the increase of government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it. There is only one that can say this is real peace, lasting peace, eternal peace. He's reminding us of the time of when he will reign for a thousand years. The millennial age of peace will be an authentic era of peace. And we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Just before that happens, though, things are going to look pretty bleak. In Isaiah 9, 7, again, in this millennial, he's talking about his government and its peace will never end. So when the church, consisting of genuine believers, that's why I always ask you, invite, listen, there's nothing wrong with inviting people who don't know Jesus to a church, but they're going to be out of place because the very word means the assembling of godly people to worship God. That's why this church works very hard, first and foremost, to please God and minister to the believers first. I hope you like that. Now, you and me go out there and we witness and we'll invite people in our homes. And if someone God is working on, you can invite him into to, to your meeting. But they're not going to want to be in a meeting worshiping God, giving to God, talking about God, reading to God. The church is designed to worship God. He's going to also set up a government that will be reigning and Jesus will be the king of the earth. So the church, regardless of denominational affiliation, has gone to meet God in the air. Certain events will follow, which will usher in what we call the millennium, or 1,000 years of peaceful rule. Many, many prophecies in the Old Testament looked across the centuries and described vividly 
this kingdom where peace, order, and justice would prevail. Let me just remind you of a couple. Micah 3, 4, 3. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. We have that to look forward to. The world does not have that to look forward to, but you and me do. Isaiah 11 talks about the hour when righteousness, righteousness will leave the scaffold and once more mount the throne, Isaiah 11. And then also the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What a glorious hope for those who are united by faith in the Prince of Peace. Are you ready for Christ to usher in that millennial reign? Oh, come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. The answer is not found in our government. And then finally, one other thing. He's the author, he is the arbitrator, and he is the authenticator of our peace. He authenticates that millennial era but then there will be a peace he will usher in that will never end. Let's look at Isaiah one more time, Isaiah 9, 7. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule oh, with fairness. Hmm, how that word, how that word is so fleeting to us here in this country right now. And justice from the throne of his ancestors, David, for all eternity. I know a lot of other countries have been enduring this, but now we're really seeing it firsthand, how fairness and justice is so fleeting in this country. How is this going to happen? With well, a passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Recapping again. Prophetic scripture teaches that at the end of this glorious reign of a thousand years. There will be a sad but brief interlude, namely Satan's final ineffective effort to thwart the purposes of God. He'll be loose for just a short period of time. But once again, the enemy of God will be overcome and consigned to the bottomless pit forever and ever. The great white throne will be set up and the doom of all unbelievers will be forever sealed. Let me remind you of that passage, the last passage that I'll be reading this morning. Revelation 20. Let's look forward to this time. Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire 
is the second death. Many of you do not know that passage. There is a second death. That death means you will be eternally separated from a loving, forgiving, caring, generous, peaceful God. You can't call 311-911 or call an attorney. It will be too late. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That's the sad news. The good news, the new heaven, Peter talks about, and the new earth will replace the old heaven and the old earth by a process of a mighty, fiery convulsion, which Peter describes in his second epistle, 2 Peter chapter 3, 12, verse 13. And the long, sad record of man's treachery and rebellion will have come to an end and peace will be established forever and ever. So Peter ends by saying, and so dear friends, while you are waiting for this to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceable lives that are pure and blameless in a sight. I'm reminded sometimes of my neighbors that I, I feel that we aren't treated fairly at times. But I'm reminded, don't respond with vengeance. Respond with kindness. Respond with the love of Jesus Christ. You've been offended by a brother. Respond. You can. You have the ability. Because Christ rules your life, you have the ability to respond in love and peace. Jesus came to bring peace. He brokered the peace deal between God and man. He is the author, the arbitrator, and he is the authenticator of real peace. So today, if you're looking in online, would you stand with me at this time, please? And you have never, ever allowed that vaccine. It is a vaccine. There's nothing wrong with using that word. It is the blood of Jesus that was sprinkled on the altar all throughout the Old Testament that God's purified everything, made it holy, made it righteous. And he's saying, my son died on the cross. That blood that was dripping when he was beaten and when he was nailed to the tree, when they, to the tree and they pierced his side, that blood, ask in faith, ask God, I understand I rebelled against you. Let the blood of Jesus Christ be applied to me. Ask him. Believe what Jesus did for you on the cross. Confess that you're a sinner and consent to him coming into your life. God, I want you to save me. He will. If you've made that decision, please let us know in the comment section and we'll get some material to you. And if you're here today, you've never made that decision to make Jesus Lord of your life. That's what Christmas is all about. God giving you and me the greatest gift ever given to mankind that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. I want to invite you to continue to worship with us this morning by coming to the front and praying as we sing and pray. God will receive your worship. Father, please bring glory and honor to your name. Water and fertilize the seeds that were sown. Come into a heart that lacks peace.
and grant them peace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way, everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.